please stand with us and sing. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. and welcome to worship. It is wonderful to see you all here this morning. And so welcome to all of you and the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. Good morning. Good morning, kiddos. Good morning. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to worship you this morning. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us as we worship you today. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. 
Amen. All right, kiddos, I have two things to talk to you about this morning for a children's moment. Now, the first thing that I want to talk to you about is something that Jesus said. Jesus said a lot of really cool things. He gave us a lot of good advice, but then he gave this sermon. He, he preached this message, and in this message, he confused everybody. Do you want to know why he confused everybody? Because he was talking about people being blessed. To be blessed means that you're like, you know, loved by God. And, and basically that's it. In this, ter- in this way, it means that you're loved by God and that God is with you. And a lot of people back then thought that the people who were loved by God were those who were super rich and super powerful. That's what they thought. They're like, well, God must really love them. But then Jesus looked at all the people and he said, blessed are the poor. He said that it's the, the poor, people who don't have much, that God sees and God loves. And then people who are happy always think that they're blessed by God. But Jesus looked and he said, blessed are those who are sad. You know, if you're sad, God is with you and God loves you and God helps you all the way. And so Jesus confused people because Jesus said that the people who are sick, the people who are sad, the people who are poor, God is with them extra. God loves them a little extra because they need that love at that time. And isn't that a sweet message from Jesus? Yeah, now I have something else to talk to you about, something really, really cool. Now, do you know somebody who you all know had a birthday this week? Ah, Miss Sue had a birthday. And I realize we never celebrate Miss Sue's birthday in a big way. And yet everybody in this church knows and loves Miss Sue. So you know what we did this time, this this year? We bought a... Yeah, we bought a big cake to celebrate Miss Sue's. So we're going to have a big birthday party during coffee hour. We're going to celebrate Miss Sue. Yeah? Ashley's birthday too. Happy birthday. And so we are going to have a nice little celebration and coffee hour. But I think, and I didn't prep you guys, but we can just sing an acapella. I think we should all sing happy birthday to Miss Sue. What do you think? Yeah? Okay, I'm going to turn off my mic while we sing that because we don't want me singing with a mic on. Oh, Arrow's going to play. Arrow, you want to lead us? Okay. And let's say a prayer. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us as we worship you and as we learn in Sunday school today. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Go, my children, with my blessing, never alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you. You are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing, you are my own. 
And now it is time for announcements. So anybody who has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. I do want to announce just a few things for you. Uh, first, make sure to take a look at your bulletin because there's announcements on that. Uh, second, if you did not receive your giving statement via email when I sent out the mass email, sometimes, uh, I don't know, some people don't seem to receive them. So just let me know and then I can either print out or send you your giving statement individually. And if you have envelopes, if you're not a regular online giver, so you have envelopes, then you can pick those up in the fellowship hall and cook hall while we eat some cake after worship. Good morning. Before I start with my announcement, I'd like to do an audience participation poll so everybody can take part in this poll. I'd like everyone that considers themselves to be creative to raise their hand. Don't be shy. Creative people, don't be shy. I'd like everyone that is, considers themselves not to be creative to raise their hand. Okay? So for every single person that just raised their hand, I need your help. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so I'm excited to share that after three years, one of our most popular uh, fundraising events for the church, which is our basket raffle, is coming back. It's been three years since we've had it, and it's coming back on Saturday, March 18th from 12 to 3 p.m. Now, there's lots of ways that you can help with this event, but let me first of all tell you a little bit about the event itself. Um, there are flyers in the back of the sanctuary on the ledge. Um, whoops, sorry. That's actually the flyer. Um, they're a blue flyer. It's called our Cabin Fever Basket Raffle. Feel free to grab one of those, hang those up in your laundromat, your grocery store, any, any place in your community that would be super helpful because we need to get lots of people to come to this event. Um, the, the event itself consists of the basket raffle. We have a 50-50 draw. Uh, we are going to have superheroes from Western New York Justice League that are coming to join us, along with face, free face painting. We're going to have a crock pot cook-off. So it's not necessarily just chili, but whatever you can put into a crock pot, um, except for soup. And then our youth group is going to have a concession stand, and they're going to do part two of cheeses for Jesus, which is grilled cheese sandwiches um, made to order. So it's a really fun event. There are a couple different ways that you can help. Um, first of all, grab a flyer in the back of the sanctuary, as I mentioned, um, as you exit today. Also, as you exit into... Um, uh, out of the church, please feel free to grab a basket. You're going to notice that there are some empty baskets there, and this is where my creative and my non-creative people come into play. So if you are creative, grab a basket. We've given you a sheet inside of the basket that gives you ideas of what to include in a basket. So if you need just some thoughts on what to shop for, um, you can do that, put together a basket, and then bring it back. For my non-creative people, myself included, feel free to go out, buy items for a basket, bring them back to us, and then we'll put the baskets together, okay? So everybody is on the hook. Nobody's off the hook. So we hope to see everyone. Remember, March 18th, I'll continue to make announcements, and starting next week, I'm also going to have a volunteer sign-up sheet available. So thank you so much. Good morning. Um, the health ministry team is hosting several events coming up. The first one is March 25th. We have the uh, Buffalo Hospice and Palliative Care coming. Uh, a representative will be talking to us, 
to us about their programs, their services, um, things that people don't even realize that they have available for um, just not the patient, but caretakers and the families as well. On April 29th, um, they're both Saturdays, we have a babysitting uh, course that will be taking place for kids that are 11 years old and older. It's a five-hour course. Um, it's $40, and there is an online registration um, that is available on our website. It will be. It will be. Um, it, uh, they do need to be pre-registered for the course um, because there is a, um, they max out at a certain number. So please, you know, if you have any kids that are that age and they uh, want to do that, um, they will be certified. Uh, lunch will be provided by um, Zion. And the last thing is just a reminder that uh, Dawn still has her exercise classes on Tuesdays, the second Tuesday and last Tuesday from 6 to 7. Uh, we've kind of nicknamed ourselves the Exercise Buddies. And it's a lot of um, chair, you can help me here, Dawn, chair yoga um, and exercises. And you will hurt the next day, trust me. So, um, yeah, in a good way, yes. Thank you. And now let us join together in prayer. Holy and loving God, we light this candle and we pray for peace. Lord, as we think about those who are suffering, as we think about the violence in the world, we pray for peace. We pray for peace that surpasses all human understanding. We pray for peace in our lives. We pray for peace in our communities. We pray for peace in this world. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us and help us to be instruments of your peace because, Lord, this world needs your peace. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary. Good morning. Good morning. Join me in the opening litany. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Let us not be arrogant or self-reliant. Blessed are those who mourn. God is with us when we feel sorrow. Blessed are the meek. Let us be humble and turn to God always. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let us have an intense desire for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Let us show sympathy and compassion. Blessed are the pure in heart. Let us be free from sin's power. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let us show peace to others, including our enemies. Blessed are those who are persecuted, insulted, and ridiculed. Let us find comfort when we face rejection, for we belong to God, 
and we will do what is good and right through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. still holy even when the darkness surrounds my life sovereign you are still sovereign even when confusion has blinded my eyes and lord i don't deserve your kind affection when my unbelief has kept me from your touch i want my life to be a pure reflection of your love and so i come into your chambers and i dance at your feet lord and you are my savior and i'm at your mercy and all that has been in my life up till now belongs to you for you are still holy holy you are still surrounds my love sovereign you are still sovereign even when confusion has blinded my eyes lord i don't deserve your kind affection when my unbelief has kept me from your touch i want my life to be a pure reflection of your love and so i come into your chambers and i dance at your feet lord And all that has been in my life up till now belongs to you. I belong to you. And so I come into your chambers and I dance at your feet, Lord my Savior, and I'm at your mercy, and all that has been in 
Amen. Now, if you looked at your bulletins, you've noticed we're doing things a little bit differently today. We're kind of doing a little bit more of a Bible study than we are a normal sermon. We're doing a, a scripture reading and a reflection, followed by another scripture reading and a reflection. And so, if, if follow along with your bulletin. For those who are watching from home, uh, just know that this is not just going to be a two-second sermon. You will hear a little bit more after the second reading, which will come later on. Uh, and so, we are going to first read from Micah chapter 6. And the reason that we're doing this is because sometimes in the lectionary, two of the most amazing, powerful readings possible up the same time in the same week. And I, of course, really want to capture both of the readings because we have Micah chapter 6, which is such a powerful prophetic book and a powerful prophetic message. And then we have the Beatitudes. So I just couldn't choose. So you get them both. And so we are going to read from just Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, and then we will read our next reading afterwards. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sins of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, thanks be to God. And let us pray. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to read your holy word. As we read through this prophetic book, even just the small piece, may we try to gain your wisdom from this reading. We pray this all through Christ Jesus and together we say, Amen. So the prophet Micah starts the sixth chapter of this small prophetic book with God saying to the people, basically, this is a paraphrase, but with God saying to the people, what have I done to you? What have I done to you is what God says because the people were not behaving as they should have. And like a father to a child, God is like, what did I do to you to get you to behave so poorly? And then Micah tells the people of Israel, what God wants of them. He said, God isn't requiring sacrifice. God isn't requiring offerings. All that God is requiring is this, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, my daughter is at the age where she's starting to realize that some of her friends can be really sassy to their parents, the kind of sass that in the Duffy household does not fly. And so she's realizing that a lot of parents are, are quite sassy and rude, or a lot of kids, sorry, are real sassy and rude to their parents. And so one day she goes to me, she goes, Mom, I am so much nicer to you and dad than so-and-so is to their parents. And I just kind of laughed and I was like, hey, she's right. But then 
then she goes after it. She's like, and I don't understand because their parents are so nice. Like, why would they be so rude to their parents? And the prophet Micah, who lived 700 years before Jesus, was basically like Taylor, looking at people saying, be nicer to your heavenly father. Be nicer to your heavenly father and be nicer to one another. Because how is it that we show our gratitude to God other than being kind and merciful to one another? Because the people of Israel were kind of like sassy tweens. But the prophet's message was one that stands the test of time. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. If we do these things, then we are honoring and respecting our heavenly parent. If we do these things, we are doing what God requires of us. Let us sit with these words, read these words, memorize them. Because after 2,700 years, they still stand true today. I forgot to bring the book. You rescued me. And picked me up, a living hope of grace revealed, a life transformed in righteousness. Oh Lord, you have rescued me, forgiving me. You healed my heart and set me free from sin and death. You brought me life. You've made me whole, oh Lord, you have rescued me, and you loved me before I knew you, and you knew me for all time. I've been created in your image, oh Lord, and you bought me and you sought me, your blood poured out for me, a new creation in your image, oh Lord, you rescued me. You rescued me, you rescued me and picked me up, a living hope of grace revealed, a life transformed, unrighteousness, oh Lord you have rescued me, forgiving me, you healed my heart and set me free from sin and death. You brought me life, you've made me whole. Oh Lord, you have rescued me, and you loved me before I knew you, and you knew me for all time. I've been created in your image, oh Lord. And you bought me, and you sought me, your blood poured out. in your image, oh Lord, you rescued me, 
rescued me. You rescued me. Our next reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 16. You know this either as the Sermon on the Mount or this section specifically as the Beatitudes. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Jesus was standing on a rocky mountain similar to Moses many years earlier, and Jesus preached a divine message straight from the heart of God, and this message is basically a series of great reversals. Now, we've heard these Beatitudes before. Give me a little raise of the hand if you've heard the Beatitudes before. We've heard these Beatitudes before, so they're not a surprise to us, but just imagine if you are sitting there under the rule of the Roman Empire where Caesar is revered as a god, where everybody who has much is seen as being the most blessed. Imagine that you live in a society like that in a time like that, and then suddenly this great wise teacher named Jesus stands up and starts saying what I'm going to call the great reversals. He starts flipping everything upside down. It would have been just powerful. So he starts by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. By the way, the gospel of Luke just says, blessed are the poor. Matthew adds, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now at the time of Jesus, people thought that those who had wealth and those who had power were the most blessed. The reason that they had so much was because God was just pouring blessing upon blessing upon blessing on them. That is what the people thought. And if somebody had nothing, if they were poor, if they had nothing, if they came from a poor family, it was seen as them being cursed. People would look at them and be like, oh, who sinned, them or their parents, in order to make them this way? So people who had little were seen as cursed and people who had much were seen as blessed. But then Jesus turns this 
upside down when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And he does this because the disciples needed to know when they went out, when they went out to do their ministry, they needed to know that those who had nothing, those who had little, were just as blessed, just as holy, just as righteous, maybe even more so than those who had much. The disciples needed to know all this when they went out to do their ministry. And this blessing could have also been for the disciples as well. The disciples who left everything behind. Think about Matthew, who may have been the author of this gospel, who had been a tax collector before, and he had a whole bunch of money. That, that all the disciples, they had to leave everything behind in order to follow Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The next one is blessed are those who mourn. Who has, here has ever been in a period of mourning? All of us. The reality in life is if we choose to love people, if we choose to go outside of our comfort zone and to love, we're going to mourn. The more we love, the greater our mourning will be. Why is it so difficult for parents to bury their child? Because that love is an unconditional love like nothing else. So of course that mourning is so painful. And the disciples, they would even be forced to mourn. I mean, it was a temporary mourning, but they were going to be forced to mourn Jesus when Jesus died on the cross. And remember, they thought Jesus was going to be king. They, they were convinced no matter how many times Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm going to die. It was three times. But even though he told them that, they're like, no, 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 Jesus, he's, gonna, he's not going to die. He's going to become king of Israel. That's what they thought. So when Jesus died, even though their mourning was temporary, they mourned deeply. And unlike the cold teachings of the Pharisees, Jesus taught his disciples the opposite of those old messages. Jesus taught his disciples that those who mourn are blessed. Those who mourn, it's like the arms of God come around them. Those who are in deep mourning, those who are in deep sadness, the Holy Spirit surrounds them in order to give them strength, in order to give them comfort. Those who mourn are blessed by God. And Jesus also gave them hope that, you know, one day there's going to be a heavenly reunion. One day there will be a heavenly reunion and that mourning will be complete. Next, Jesus said, blessed are the meek. And by the way, this one is probably the least popular out of all of these blessings. Blessed are the meek. Now, meekness is a mixture of like quietness and submissiveness. Now, a lot of people don't want to be submissive. And, and a lot of people don't respect those who are very quiet. And so these traits are not usually valued. But this submissiveness and this quietness also mixed with kindness and humility is what Jesus talks about when he mentions meekness. Blessed are the meek. When Jesus told his disciples, when he sent them off to do their ministry and he told them to dust the sand off their sandals and to walk away when they were not accepted in a place, Jesus was teaching them to be meek. When Jesus told them that if somebody takes their, their coat to give them everything else as well, Jesus is telling them how to be meek. When Jesus says, if somebody slaps you on the face, say, here you go, take this one too and let them slap you again. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to be meek. And the message for this, the message for this, 
for meekness is that even if we don't win by human standards, God judges by a different standard. Even if we don't win, even if somebody steals our cloak, even if somebody slaps us in the face, even if somebody doesn't accept us, even if we don't win by human standards, God judges by a different standard. So it's okay to be meek. Because whose judgment is the only one that matters? God's. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is a powerful one. Dr. King is the one who said, injustice anywhere is the threat to justice everywhere. And people who are rooted in God have a thirst for righteousness. People who are rooted in God have a hunger for justice. And Jesus wants us to hold on to that hunger. He wants us to want what is right. He wants us to want what is good. He wants us to want those things. And the reason Jesus wants us to hunger and to thirst for righteousness and for justice is because you know what Jesus wants us to do? He wants us to make this world a better place. Every single one of us. Give me a nod of the head if you're a follower of Jesus. Give me a little nod. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus wants us to make this world a better place. That's what Jesus means when he talks about us hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And this one, ooh, this is so opposite of the Pharisees. Blessed are are the merciful. And this ties up with with what we learned in Micah as well. Blessed are the merciful. People at that time were not merciful. I mean, think about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Somebody could be hurt. And people, even religious people, could be like, I'm going to just walk away and cross the street and walk on the other side. I'm not going to go over and help that person. I'm just going to stay far, far away. Maybe they have some disease. Maybe, maybe they've got some bad people following them. I'm going to walk the other way. People were not merciful, but instead they walked away from those who were injured. They walked away from those who were hurt. Even the religious people lacked mercy. They didn't care enough for that kind of mercy. But Jesus wasn't like that. The reason that Jesus healed people is because Jesus showed mercy. Jesus had mercy, and so he healed people because he saw people who were hurting, and he just had to touch them and heal them. He saw people who were suffering, and it's the heart of God that just had to touch them and heal them. Jesus teaches us how to be merciful. And maybe we don't have that power to heal. Maybe we can't heal like Jesus will, though we try. Sometimes we lay on those hands and we try really hard. Maybe we don't have that same power to heal, but maybe we care for those who are hurt. Maybe we care for those who are injured. Maybe that's how we show mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, Now, I don't know if this is where Jesus is going, but when I think about this, when I think about children, innocent children, I know all children are not perfect and completely pure. I understand. I have two of my own. I fully get that. But when I think about this, I think about children. Now, a couple weeks ago, remember when I told you on Martin Luther King Sunday that that I was planning on spending all of Monday skiing? Yeah, that didn't happen. So we got to the mountain, and and we were all ready to get to the mountain, and we get to the mountain, and you know, we're all, everybody ate a good breakfast, you know, Walter ate a whole breakfast, burrito, everything was good. We got to the mountain, and Walter goes, 
I think I'm feeling car sick, and that's not abnormal. You know, a long car ride. The kids had been kind of looking at Taylor's phone for a bit, so we assumed he'd get some fresh air. He'd be fine. We assumed it was just car sickness. It wasn't just car sickness. And so Walter ended up getting sick. My mom won't allow me to say the word. You think you know I'm trying to say. So she does not like that word. So just in case she listens, I'm going to tell you, Walter was sick. And when Walter got sick, then this little boy went and grabbed a whole bunch of nap to bring them over. And Walter, he was so impressed by this. Afterwards, he goes, Mom, he goes, we don't even know that little boy. We don't even know who that little boy is. And, and, and being sick is gross. And he just ran over to help out by bringing all of these napkins. What's it like to be pure in heart? To see someone in need, to see someone who needs help, and without even thinking, without even checking for a parent's permission, just running over to lend a hand. That's what I think Jesus might mean by blessed are those who are pure in heart. Be like that little boy who just does what's good just to bless people. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, the other day, I watched that video of, of the man who had re- re- took the gun away from that shooter in California, the one who is only 26 year old, years old, and he wrestled the gun away from that gunman in Monterey Park. And I watched this video, and I was just in awe, because the reality is, when he risked his own life in order to wrestle that gun away from that man, he saved so many lives, and yet he did so putting his own life at risk. Blessed are the peacemakers. He is the first one that I thought of after seeing that video when I read this. Blessed are the peacemakers. Bless those who risk their own lives in order to create and to make peace. Jesus isn't saying blessed are those who stir up strife. Jesus isn't saying blessed are those who create more violence or blessed are those who only care about their own opinions. Jesus isn't saying that at all. He's saying blessed are those who are peacemakers. Blessed are those who go out of their way to make peace. And eight and nine go together, so I stuck them together. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Now listen, friends, I love seeing all of you here, but the reality is that being a Christian isn't easy. Being a follower of Jesus isn't easy. If you think about it, every single one of us, who says a prayer when you get out of bed? Who says a prayer when you go into bed? Do you want to be the same person tomorrow that you are today, or do you want to be a better version of yourself tomorrow? Give me, what do you think? Do you want to be a better version of yourself tomorrow? Here's the thing about us followers of Jesus. It's not easy because we are continuously trying to make our better versions of ourselves. We are continuously trying to learn how to be more loving and more forgiving and more merciful and more like Jesus. Every single day when we get our feet on that ground out of the bed, we're like, okay, God, help me to do better. Anybody ever echo that prayer? Help me to do better today. Help me to be a bigger blessing to others today. Help me to make a difference in this world. Being a follower of Jesus is not easy. I mean, we literally give our time and our money to help those in need. We literally do that on a regular basis. You know, the news pays attention when somebody does that one-time thing. Churches do this all the time. Christians do this all the time. We always give of our time and our money in order to feed people and help people and make this world better for others. We never give up hope. 
because our hope is in God. So no matter how bad things get, us followers of Jesus, we never give up hope. And we teach our kids to hold on to their faith, even when it might not be the most popular thing to do, even when people might look down at them or make fun of them. We teach our kids to hold on to their faith, and we never stop caring. Whenever apathy sets in, have you ever felt this? Maybe a little bit of apathy starts to set in, and then you feel the Holy Spirit like push you to be more caring. Anybody ever felt that? <laughs> I've had that happen to me. When maybe you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I have the time and the energy for this. And then the Holy Spirit's like, whew, <laughs> yes, you do. Being a follower of Jesus is not easy. We're always challenging ourselves to be more forgiving, more loving, more merciful. We are always challenging ourselves to try to make this world a better place. And it might not be easy. And a lot of people might not get it. They probably don't get why you come to church every single Sunday and sit in these pews. They probably don't get why you come on a Saturday night in order to feed 125 people. They might not get why we do what we do, but we do it because we know it's worth it. We believe it's worth it. And while we don't face persecution like the early Christian church, thank God, why don't we, while we don't face persecution like that, we still know that following Jesus might not always be the most popular thing to do. And yet we do it. And we know that when we come here, we don't always try, we don't only try to make ourselves better versions. But we also praise God. And when we praise God, you know how I feel? I feel blessed. When we praise God, when we turn off our hearts and our minds and everything else, and when we turn our hearts to God, we feel blessed, don't we? We feel the power of the Holy Spirit with us, don't we? Anybody here besides Sue feel the power of the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Yeah. I need Bob Sedota here right now. He's in the Philippines. I need him to help Sue to say amen here. Here's the thing. We, we make ourselves better versions every single day. That's what we do. But when we come here, when we worship, when we join with brothers and sisters, when we come here and we praise God, we feel that blessing, don't we? Okay, anybody besides Sue, say amen if you feel that blessing. Okay, now I'll stop talking and I'll, I'll join in prayer. Let us pray. Holy and loving God. You are with us through all things. You are with us in the good times and the bad. Sometimes we feel more blessed by you when we are going through the worst trials because your Holy Spirit is with us. We know your Holy Spirit is always with us. Your Holy Spirit is always blessing us. Remind us of these beatitudes. Remind us of these lessons as we take this time to slow down and to focus on them today. Remind us of your lessons and your truth on this day. And we pray this all through Christ Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now worship with our tithes and offerings.
give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. The grassy fields sway at your feet, the forest trees they stretch to the hands, the cloudy skies open up to you, the rolling hills rise and fall in you. ocean waves, they clap their hands, the waterfalls bow down to their knees, the glassy sea reflects your rays, the rushing river runs after you, I see your majesty, and how can it be that you delight in me? creation sings great are you lord you are the god of heaven great are you lord you are the king of glory great are you lord and i delight in at your feet no winter snow it falls silent the springtime flowers look up to you the summer breeze it whispers your name the shining sun rises up to you the shooting stars dance around in joy the glowing moon shines forth your light the universe moves around your throne i see your majesty i see your majesty you delight in me and all creation sings great are you lord you are the god of heaven great are 
go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth being blessed and being a blessing to all. Amen. <laughs>